Hey everybody, it's time for your favorite scuba diving podcast, Diver Debrief, your weekly plunge into the world of scuba. And this week it's one fish, two fish, wreck fish, tech fish. What are the different certifications in scuba? And we're going to discuss two main categories, recreational and technical scuba diving. There is commercial, but that we're going to save for another time. And this week we are brought to you by Waterfront Diving Center. Train, equip, explore. Vermont's Diving Headquarters. And now it's time for Diver Debrief, your weekly plunge into the world of scuba. It's your host, Philip Peterson, with Diver Debrief, your weekly plunge into the world of scuba. And over here is my co-host, dive instructor, and just overall amazing person, Sheila Cooley. Hey, divers. Hello, hello. And so what we're going to be talking about this week is one fish, two fish, wreck fish, tech fish. Not wreck as in like, hey, where's the wreck under the water, but wreck as in recreational. So what are the different certifications in scuba and the two main categories that we're going to discuss are recreational and technical. I realize that there are other categories, numerous other categories, but we're limited on time and you're limited on time. So we're just going to stick to recreational and technical diving. And so let's just get right into the meat of this. Sheila, I want to know. I'm a recreational diver. Maybe I'm interested in it. Why do I have to be certified? What does it matter? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Back uh, when scuba diving first started, there was no certification agencies. Folks could just get the gear and head out, and there was a high risk. Uh, There wasn't a lot of information. People were just kind of sharing with clubs and their dive buddy their lessons learned. Uh, But unfortunately, there was a lot of accidents. Uh, So now uh, they've created these dive agencies. Um, There's number of different certification agencies and they help train people and make sure that they have the skills necessary to be proficient and safe. So these different organizations, they kind of like, it's, did it become a government thing? I mean, like, no, this is totally voluntary in the dive community oh, awesome. to ensure that uh, folks uh, can enjoy this sport safely. Uh, so there's a number of different agencies around the world. It's very regional, um, how it developed. It was very organic. So uh, there, even in the U.S., there's you know probably close to 10 agencies that I can think of. Interesting. So I guess the other question I have is, let's say I go to the Bahamas or Bonaire or wherever I go, And I go to this place and I do the resort course. I do the club med certification. Now I know how to scuba dive. I'm a professional scuba diver. I have certifications, right? Not exactly. Okay. Uh, So that's a great way to figure out if scuba diving uh, is something you want to do more of and explore. Uh, Maybe you're not sure. Maybe you just want to go see some fish. It's a nice experience. Check it out. Yeah, you can try scuba diving. But it doesn't certify you, uh, and it doesn't allow you to purchase gear or rent gear. Interesting. So you just know enough to be a little bit dangerous, and it's kind of like a tri-scuba, I guess. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. (laughs) So Waterfront Diving Center has a tri-scuba, correct? Yeah, absolutely. We do one about once a month in the pool um, at the Rackets Edge in South Burlington, where you can go under and breathe uh, on scuba. And about four feet of water. That's what I started with. It was awesome. Yeah, it's really fun. 
Yeah, it is It is a lot of fun, actually. Yes, totally. So, okay, so the resort course is not an actual certification. Now I want to get an actual certification. What do I need to do? Well, um, signing up for an open water course is your first step. So you can, you know, call your local dive center and you can um, even start doing e-learning. A lot of agencies offer e-learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that way you're going to start learning the classroom work and then we can train you in the pool. Right on. And so now I get that certification. I get the open water certification. Um, and recreationally, I mean, there's some limitations, right? What are, what are those limitations? Yeah. Um, the open water certification, which is that first um, class, certifies you to go down to 60 feet in open water. So you have to be able to get up to the surface um, if there's a problem. Right. And and also, I think I did some reading yesterday, something to do with no de- decompression or what is that? Or Yeah. So it's a depth limitation. It's also the amount of time you can spend down underwater right. safely. Uh, so we call that no decompression because you have to be able to come up to the surface without stopping um, if you needed to. And decompression means you have to stop. Right. And I mean, there's an acronym for that that I came across a bunch of times, NDL. Mm-hmm. So that's, what does that stand for? No decompression limit. Right on. Okay, awesome. So now I have that certification. Um, there are different levels though. What are, what are some of the different levels? So I start with open water open water diver yeah and then generally the next step for folks is going on to do advanced open water okay so you're going to learn some skills this is the open water class you divided between the classroom and the pool and in the lake or ocean wherever you're learning yeah the advanced class is primarily just in the open water out in the lake or ocean how deep can i go with just open water certification 60 feet right on does that mean that i should go to 60 feet right after i get my certification we generally recommend that your first few dives after your certification are to the depth and conditions in which you were trained. Oh, nice. Okay, that makes sense. So, all right, so the advanced open water, that's the next one. Yeah, and that certifies you down to 130 feet, which is considered the recreational depth limit. That's as far as one can go. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Okay, interesting. And then further than that, you start getting into the decompression type thing. Absolutely, exactly. So that's when you need to be able to stop all on your way up to the surface. Nice. So what's the next level? So advanced open water and then... Well, there's a lots of different options. There's specialties folks can do. Um, some people will choose to go on to the next one, which is rescue. Rescue diver is a really great um, way to uh, make yourself and your buddy safer. So you're not going out to save anyone else, but you're going to really minimize your own risk. And maybe if there's another d- diver in distress, you're able to assist them. So rescue diver doesn't mean like I'm going to be Mike Nelson from uh, Sea Hunt, where I'm going to go save people in mines. And <laughs> we watched an episode of Sea Hunt the other day where he actually saves a pilot out of an airplane. At 60 feet. (laughs) Yeah, 60 feet, over and over again, going up and down. Um, But so the rescue diver doesn't mean I'm going to be Mike Nelson from Sea Hunt. It means... It means you're able to help yourself and some other divers if there needs to be, you know, if they need the help. Nice. By the way, Sea Hunt's a pretty rad show. Yeah. It's a great way. It created. It, it got a lot of people interested in diving. It's, it's a pretty rad show, I'm going to say. Like, it's the, the music is, eh, it's okay, but... Lloyd Bridges is the man. Yeah, so, Lloyd Bridges is the he's man. He's the man. Mike Nelson. Mike Nelson. He's I'm here good. to save you. <laughs> so, all right. So, as a recreational diver, um, say I want to become professional. I want to go pro. Can I do that? Yeah, absolutely. So, dive instructors, um, dive masters, that's all under the recreational umbrella. 
Okay, so now there's a little bit of a debate in my head, and I, I'm trying to keep up with this stuff, but there's so much information out there, and I mess it up all the time, and I get the Sheila pause, where I say something, and she goes, hmm, maybe not. And so there is different, so you got Master Diver, and then you got Dive Master, and to me, I'm like, you know, tomato, tomato, potato, potato, what's the big deal here? Dive Master, Master Diver, who cares? It's a really easy mistake to make. Um, I think it's a really common misunderstanding. So Master Diver is the non-professional track. So there's a recreational diver that just wants to enhance their own skills, become more proficient, you know, maybe learn underwater photography or wreck diving, nitrox. Um, Whoa, nitrox. Yeah, the different gases. Yeah. Yeah, diver propulsion vehicles, which is where you can use uh, something to pull you around under the water. That has a you know. That sounds like fun. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, so that's master diver. Dive master is a professional where you are trained to assist other people, assist on classes. Uh, you can take people out for tri scubas. You can give people refresher courses so that they're you know if they've been out of the water for a while you can remind them how to do some of the skills so you're actually in an educational role in a leadership role in diving right so as a recreational diver you can become a professional you can as they say go pro which is absolutely so i'm an open water scuba instructor so i'm a recreational instructor i'm not a technical instructor interesting but i also noticed that there's different levels uh beyond i mean like it just keeps going and going Mm -hmm. and going so you get dive master, and then it just you're open water scuba instructor, and then you can become. Yeah, so instructor is the next level after dive master. Right. Um, and that's which some people also confuse because uh, dive master just sounds. It sounds rad. It sounds really rad, right? Yeah, right. But actually, instructor is the master. next level after that. And right. So an instructor can train a dive master. Right. But who instructs instructors? Um, instructor trainers. Right. Okay, so that's a whole other level. Yeah. And then, of course, as you had mentioned, there's specialties like in technical diving. You have to become someone that is a specialist in that area. You become a technical instructor. So it's a whole other branch. A whole other thing. Yeah. Which we're going to talk about in a minute. And I think we're going we're gonna to listen to a little bit of music. Okay, Ski recommended that we listen to some Tijuana Brass. Yeah. And the name of the song is Rise. And I, I think I can feel it's the groove right funk. now. Yeah. And if you've ever listened to a little Notorious B.I.G., he raps to this particular song in the background. He does, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh you, you, you don't know it. Okay, that's fine. Um, and then we're gonna we're gonna come back. I think we should discuss uh, your trip to Bonaire a little bit. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah because you actually interviewed um, a dive master there, right? Yep, absolutely. Right, well, here is a little Tijuana Brass, and the name of the song is Rise. Song rise, oh, it just has such a t- 
tight groove. Yes, and now we're back to discuss uh, Sheila Cooley's trip to Bonaire. Is it Bonaire? Bonaire? What do you call it? Um, Bonaire, I believe is how it's pronounced. Bonaire, but the name of the town and the city that you were staying in is, of course... The capital has a very interesting name. Yes, it uh, does. It's Dutch colony. Uh, it's Krollendijk, but I had to look that up. I didn't we, know how to pronounce yes, it. Yes, there was a lot of research done on the pronunciation. And as a matter of fact, there's a very uh, funny YouTube video where a bunch of uh, patrons, tourists, are asked how to pronounce it, and the uh, <laughs> the pronunciation they come up. Oh, tell you what, after the next break, we will play a little piece of that so you can hear people messing up the uh, name of the town, Krollendike. It's quite funny. So let's hear about it. So Bonaire, Bonaire. Yeah, so I'd never been. This is a trip um, led by um, one of our instructors at Waterfront Diving Center, Wade Lebrecht. Yes. And he has been before, which was really great because he knew how it worked and what the system was. Um, it is a dive mecca of the Caribbean. Uh, I was totally impressed. The corals are really healthy, um, and it's set up for divers. You the the way it's mostly shore diving. So the way it works is you get a truck. And you fill your truck with tanks, and you head out for the day and go to all these very well-marked sites. All the sites have a painted yellow rock and the name of the site on it. So you just drive down the road, find the site you're looking for, pull off, jump in the water. And there are sites for, like, everybody, every level of diving almost. Absolutely, yeah. Really nice, easy uh, beginner dives, even right off the um, dock at Buddy Dive Resort. Where you were. Where we were. You just giant stride off the end of it and go right into the water. And you actually, the first night that you guys were there, you saw a giant moray eel, right? That's correct. Yeah. Six foot green moray right under the dock. And you gave him a name. We called him Pedro. <laughs> we became friends. And then every moray after that, we decided he was some relative or friend of Pedro's. Did you give them names too? Yes. Most Excellent. of them. <laughs> That's very nice. So, and then you actually went on a more, I mean, a... Advanced trip with other advanced dive. I don't know. We did, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, there's lots of shore diving. We took advantage of that. We did a few boat dives out to Klein Bonaire, which is this small island the off island, the coast. Yeah, that's right. Um, then we also went over to Lock Bay, which is on the east side of Bonaire. Most of the dive sites are on the west side. Right. And um, we worked with East Coast Divers, a great operation, very professional. And Freddie and Hans took us out and. Um, Quite rough on that side. That's the prevailing winds, and that's the uh, that's the Atlantic side. And we were moving. Yeah. Uh, it was a really fun trip. Uh, we saw loads of turtles, and there's a nice little drift that we just cruised down the reef, and then we got picked up. Nice. That yeah. sounds like a lot of fun. And you also interviewed uh, one of Buddy Dive's dive masters. Yeah, Laura Summers. Nice. She's a marine biologist, and she's working with the coral restoration down there. We actually posted something on our Twitter page, at Diver Debrief, so go check that out. And you should check out our Facebook page, too, at Diver Debrief, um, because you just should, because it's amazing. And then we also have a blog. and There's so much to look at and explore course um but we did post about the uh was it the coral restoration project down there so despite having these wonderful reefs in this healthy coral reef areas they still are pretty proactive about maintaining it and even making it better yeah really they're doing a really nice job this um organization is out of florida um but they are raising money to grow corals in these 
uh, nurseries and then transplanting it to the reef, mostly um, because of storm damage, uh, hurricanes and whatnot. But there's also other you know things that hurt the corals, including divers, also um, runoff and chemical harm- harmful chemicals like sunscreen. Oh yeah, geez, I didn't even think about that. Um, so there's is there anything else we want to talk about about Bonaire, or do we want to hear some music? Yeah, well, I would just say if you get a chance to go, definitely take advantage. I would go back in a heartbeat. Definitely one of my favorite spots in the Caribbean. Can I go? Yeah. Are you going to take me? Yeah, let's go. Sweet. You can explore the 90, destina- 90 dive spots. I'm, I'm, let's go. We're going. Let's go right now. But I, let's hear some James Brown first. from Diver Debrief and I'm here with Laura Summers from Florida. We're here at Buddy Dive on the beautiful docks of Bonaire. Uh, so Laura, what brought you to Bonaire? Really, a lot of it was the Coral Restoration Foundation project here, um, but also I was um, really interested in working for Buddy Dive, so it's a really nice shop to be at and it's just a bonus that we have the Coral Restoration here. So. Um, yeah, I'm also a marine biologist, so I get to do a bit of dive mastering and diving and also the coral restoration. So so uh, tell us a little about the projects you're doing with the Coral Restoration Foundation. Well, we started in 2012, and uh, it's been growing really, really quickly ever since. So we are growing staghorn and elkhorn coral in a nursery, and it's a controlled environment where they can grow faster uh, than in the wild. So we're growing them um, at faster rates than normal. I don't like the way I said that. (laughs) No, that's good. So what happens after you grow them? After we're growing them, they're ready for transplantation and they're big enough and healthy, then they get transplanted into the reef. So we have a couple different transplant sites. One of them is Buddy Dive, but also many places all over the island where um, where they originally were before all of the storms and uh, negative impacts destroy the reefs. But we transplant them using structures or gluing techniques. So we have a couple different ways to transplant the two different corals. But basically, once they're ready to go back on the reef, then we put them on the reef. So I've been lucky enough to see some of the um, transplants that you've done and the reefs around Bonaire are just beautiful, absolutely stunning. Um, What can divers do uh, to get involved with the project? Divers can do the coral restoration course, which is the most fun way to get involved because you learn how to work in the nursery and you learn more about the project, more than we can um, tell you on land. You actually get to do it diving and uh, you have a lot of fun and It's a really difficult uh, thing to get used to working in the nursery sometimes, but once you get it, then it's really, really rewarding also. The best way is to dive with us, and then we get a lot of people that take the course with us and come back year after year and work in the nursery, so they get better and better each time. And also donations. We work off of uh, donations. We're a nonprofit, so uh, you can donate many different ways, and uh, most of it's on our website, coralrestorationfoundationbonaire.org. I don't know. Maybe take that part out because I don't even know if that's right. (laughs) We'll double check on that. (laughs) 
Don't put that part in. What, what's your favorite part of, uh, about diving in Bonaire? Um, definitely the marine life here is so abundant. So you can see all kinds of things here, which is really nice. Uh, a lot of places that I've been diving, you can really tell that the reefs have been impacted negatively by human impacts, whether it's overfishing or... Um, yeah, you can just see a lot of reefs that have less marine life than here. So I think Bonaire has really abundant variety of marine life, which is nice. Do you have a favorite dive site? Now, Bonaire has, what, 68 sites? 92. 92 sites yeah. on the island. I mean, it's just incredible. So yeah, There's so many. Um, and your fav- our favorites, because we're here all the time. We're working always, so they change. But right now, my favorite is called Hands Off. It's on um, the south of Klein. And last time I was there, I saw, like, four octopus and, yeah, nurse shark and really cool things to see, so. But it'll change, yeah. (laughs) Sometimes we get in these where we want to go back places and then it'll change to a new place every now and then, so. Do you have any advice for someone thinking, like, oh, I want to be Laura and uh, I want to go work somewhere warm and tropical and uh, be a dive master and maybe a marine biologist? Um... My advice would be be very open-minded and flexible to new places because everywhere you go, there's an adaptation. So, so long as you give the new place that you go a really fair chance and keep an open mind, then you can end up being happy, you know, anywhere you choose to go. Um, as for marine biology, I would, my advice would be try to specialize in something. So... There's, it's a broad field, so the more you can specialize in something, then the easier it is to get in something that you want to do afterwards, after university, or grad school is a good place to specialize, things, things like that. So, But basically, if you want to do it, you can do it. You can be just like me. It's Yeah, you go to school, and then you get your dive certifications, and if you're open-minded to move somewhere on your own and do it, then you can do it. We have a visitor. Justin Bieber is here. You want his autograph? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, we'll let you get back to work. This is Buddy Dive is a busy dive center. You guys have a lot of divers coming through right now. I know you're getting ready for another big week because it's Saturday. It's your transition yep. day. Yep. Uh, we're heading back. The Waterfront Diving Group's heading back to Vermont. Uh, but we really had a great time. And thank you so much, Laura, for taking us out and sure, showing yeah, us I a great, great trip. Sure, I had time diving with you guys. Your group is really good, good divers. So it's really like a breath of fresh air whenever we have groups come down that they really know what they're doing and we can just enjoy it too. So We appreciate the visibility down here compared to the lake yeah. so <laughs> and the it's warmth really nice. really nice. <laughs> we have very low expectations we did yes. we will be back yeah, thank you so much restoration course yeah we will we'll uh, and get a big uh, crawling awesome. <laughs> crawling chick crawling Okay, so Kralendijk. <laughs> That's the name of the town. Um, so very excellent interview, field interview by Sheila Cooley in Bonaire with Laura Summers. And so I found her to be very fascinating. It's one of my favorite kind of interviews because I want to know more 
And that was what that interview left me with is like, I want to know more about this woman and her experience. And it sounds like she has her dive master certification and you went through kind of the same thing. Yeah. Well, she's working as a dive master and she's a marine biologist. I think she gave really great advice. So um, any other tips to folks that would be heading to Bonaire, um, places that they would need to go see, things that they should do? Sure. Yeah. Well, my favorite site was Invisibles on the South Coast. Uh, I also really enjoy the Thousand Steps, which is up on the north, and I chose to do it from a boat because I didn't want to carry my gear down the steps. It's not mm-hmm. really a thousand; it's more like seventy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite a few steps. There's a lot of steps with some heavy all that gear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they, you know, the joke on the island is if you go with your partner and you forget something, um, and the other person has to go get it by the time they get back. They want a divorce, so they call it Divorce Cove. Yeah, so it's the walk of shame. It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I'd say the thing that I missed out on, and I'm a great reason to go back, is that there is a salt pier um, because Bonaire is a great exporter of salt, right. and they have these big ships come in. Yes. And they um, want they load them up with salt. When the ships aren't there, you're able to dive the salt pier. Cool. Yeah, and one of our divers called it uh, Underwater Playground. What did you think of it? I didn't get to dive it because there was one day when it was free, and then the ships came in the rest of the week. So if you go to Bonaire, go and check out the Salt Pier. If it's free, if it's available, do it. it. Otherwise, you know, the ship might come in, and then you miss your chance. So this is a real diver's playground. But, I mean, there are other places in the world where the diving is pretty good, too. This is just a place that you got to check out. Absolutely. It's just so designed for divers. It's ready um, and you just walk right in. I want to go. I think you should take me and I think we should go right now. Let's do it. Okay, so we're going to go to Bonaire and then now we're going to hear when we come back something about technical Welcome back, divers, to Diver Debrief. That was a great little funk. I love it. So now we're going to dive into um, the technical realm of scuba diving. Yes. Yes. Yes, so technical diving. I mean, this is something that you do, right? Yeah, I am a technical diver. Right, and in what capacity are you a technical diver? That's a great question because there's so many different facets of technical. It's a really broad umbrella. Right. Uh, so I am certified through Trimix, which is a kind of gas. Right on. Um, but there's a few courses you have to take before that, advanced nitrox and decompression procedures. Um, I'm also an intro cave diver. I have seen so many different setups, too. I mean, like, the basic setup that open water certification has, you have, like, 
you can hook up to your BCD, you got your octopus, you got your regular regulator, and you got your gauges. But your setup, you have this thing, you have another different kind of a regulator, right? Right. So generally in technical diving, your the equipment is very different than recreational. Right. So you'll have two tanks. We call those double tanks instead of the one single cylinder in recreational. And that means you have to have two regulators attached to those tanks. Right. It's great redundancy. If one fails, you can switch to the other one. It's all about having backups and being able to solve problems underwater. So there's more redundancy with the technical diving than there is with the recreational diving, yeah. right? Cause yeah, absolutely. And there's so there's even beyond the double tanks. There's um, closed circuit rebreathers are really popular now. That's really expensive, though, isn't it? They're very expensive. Very interesting. Really gaining popularity. It allows folks, particularly photographers to dive without bubbles um, and it also allows um, people to stay down longer what's the same setup that actually uh, the astronauts use um, when they spacewalk they use rebreathers right yeah absolutely yeah and that I mean and that for all you NASA people out there and I'm a big NASA person myself um, that is the way that um, divers or that's the way that uh, astronauts figured out how to properly spacewalk is they actually did scuba diving like they dropped a space capsule into a pool and then they put tanks on and they got you know neutral buoyancy was the closest they could come to uh just a lack of gravity it's really fascinating to me i guess it's the closest thing i'm going to get to to moonwalking to outer space neutral buoyancy. you never know you never know <laughs> sheila cool you might get that call from nasa um so trimix can you explain this a little bit more what does that mean yeah so um normal air is 21 percent oxygen it, mostly the rest of it is nitrogen. There's a few, um, you know, trace elements in there. Um, we don't use the nitrogen uh, in our bodies. We don't metabolize it. We only use the oxygen. Right. So when we go to depth, that nitrogen gets pushed into our bodies, and that's our. Um, it doesn't have anywhere to go. It when has you're underwater. to exactly, and it gets it permeates our entire body, and we have to allow it time to come out, which is why we come up nice and slowly and recreational and do a safety stop, and why we do decompression stops and technical. Oh, so that's where that fifteen foot stop comes from, mm-hmm. or they call it a five meter stop if you're in Europe or anywhere else where they use the metric system. It's not America. Yeah. So trimix is a nice combination where they. We are limiting the amount of oxygen because oxygen can cause problems at depth. So we have just the right amount of oxygen, and then we're limiting the amount of nitrogen by adding a third gas called helium. Okay, so, so it's trimix. Oh, trimix. Okay, 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 okay. Because the one that I had read about was called heliox. Mm-hmm, yeah. Which is this? It's like seventy-nine percent helium, twenty-one percent oxygen. Right. Yeah. And I watched a thing Jacques Cousteau had shot about the Oceanauts where they dropped this pod down um, like on the continental shelf, like 300 feet below the water, and they used Heliox in there, and you can hear them talking while they're interviewed, and it sounds like yeah. they got helium. In tri- <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to you get that funny voice that you do. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Very funny. So what else? So we talked about special gases. What about depth? So now as a technical diver... Mm-hmm. You can go below 140 feet? Yeah. So the first course that folks normally take is advanced nitrox and decompression procedures. It's actually two courses, and most of people take them together. And that takes you down to about uh, 45 meters or 160 feet, I think. Okay, 160 feet, yep. 
Um, and then the next class trimix usually takes you down to 200. Advanced trimix will take you beyond that. Um, and that's where there's not as many certifications and it's really just about training and experience. How deep have you been? Um, 200 feet. Wow. Is that like scary? <laughs> Such a horrible question, but I'm... Um, and no, this, that's why we train. You know, I think I was um, nervous on the class, but we, um, you, you prepare you train, for these you get things. ready. You get yeah. ready for it. Well, yeah. no, and I agree with that. I mean, I'm taking the open water certification course right now. And things that I thought were kind of intimidating or, you know, frightening or, you know, down around like, okay, this, this, is, this can be lethal if you don't do this correctly. Once you have the training, you know what to do, you're okay. You're okay. It's like, all right, I know yeah, what to do. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. I, I, it's so much fun too. And the important thing is the training. Yeah. The education, like educating yourself. And I know I said this the last time, but I'm going to say it again. This is a podcast. We're here to be an, an appetizer into the world of scuba. But if you're actually going to go for any of these certifications, make sure you go see the pros and get the right training. Because although Sheila can is a pro and can give you the right training she certainly can't do it through a podcast she's got to do it one-on-one absolutely yeah right right so training 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 um any other special pieces of equipment that we need to discuss for technical diving oh sure there's lots of different um things like lights we need lights that are going to be able to last um for the length of a dive a technical dives tend to be a lot longer than recreational dives in most battery life on recreational lights just don't cut it and they're not bright enough Uh, so we have specialized lights Um, we've also got tanks that we um, hang on the side they're called stage bottles and that's usually different um, gas mixes that we'll switch to on our decompression stops nice nice now i will say that we're starting to run out of time here for this particular podcast i think eventually we will dive deeper into (laughs) so punny um we'll dive deeper into different aspects of technical diving um but maybe this is a lot of information for people to digest at this point yeah i think you're right yeah yeah i think we're we're low on air less time to go up time to go up okay so folks this has been your third episode of Diver Debrief. And all of you out there, remember to have your tanks inspected once a year. Be a good dive buddy and make sure you're having fun out there. This episode of Diver Debrief has been brought to you by Waterfront Diving Center. Train, equip, explore. Vermont's diving headquarters. And now it's time for Diver Debrief bulletin board we have some dates coming up on march 18th there's a course scuba refresher get the rust off before you go on vacation and on march 21st there is a try scuba course at the edge fitness center call waterfront diving center to get that set up on april 1st through the 3rd diver debrief will be at the beneath the sea scuba diving conference It's America's largest consumer scuba and dive travel show. You can find us on the internet on our blog, diverdebrief.blogspot.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Diver Debrief. And we're also on Facebook as Diver Debrief.